Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 17 of Mind Hub Podcast. And today we have a very special guest, which is Dr. Leslie Cole. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, and she's here to talk all about emotional eating, and she does some awesome work on everything. So on that note, if you'd like to just introduce yourself, tell us, you know, a bit about how you got to the work that you do and anything else that you want to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, I started out in uh, medical school as an internal medicine physician. And so, you know, what we do all the time as internists is tell people, oh, guess what? You've got to lose weight. Oh, guess what? You've got to lose weight. And internists have zero knowledge on how to help people lose weight. And so I was just getting more and more frustrated with it. Um, and meanwhile, I was having my own emotional eating difficulties. They'd started in high school. Um, I hadn't realized that they'd started in high school. I didn't exactly know what they were. But in um, practice, it came back where I was just, um, I couldn't keep my weight stable because I just wanted to eat. And I yeah. didn't know why, you know, I, and I would crave sweets and I could not say no to brownies, cake, all that kind mm. of stuff, sweet stuff. I could not stop eating. And so then yeah. I would yeah. just over-exercise to try to get that in control. And then I just started dieting, started reading all these diet books. It just got worse and worse and worse and worse. So meanwhile, I'm an internist trying to tell people, uh, you get, you're supposed to lose weight. <laughs> and nothing was working because <laughs> I didn't know how to help them and I didn't know how to help myself. Um, at some point, someone introduced me to some recovery, like 12-step stuff. And that got me yeah. into the, the, the field of thinking about addiction. Yes. Then I wind up in this awesome addiction clinic in 2013. And um, even though I had never been addicted to opiates, I, could, I understood what people were going through because the, the way they described their lives, the way that they described their thoughts, their feelings, was how I had described mine. And I had finally gotten a breakthrough um, with my own emotional eating in like 2000, maybe 2005. Um, through some of the techniques I, tr I um, teach people now. But um, I saw such a similarity and then decided I wanted to launch a, um, an emotional eating coaching program just for, to help people break that emotional eating away from the, I mean, emotions away from the eating, that there could be a split, that you could you could meet your emotional needs and meet your physical needs, and they could be separate. 
Mm-hmm. So that is kind of a um, sort of how I got into it, with a few details left out here and there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, definitely more prevalent than people might think. I know, yeah. you know, from working with clients, probably about, you know, 99% of them uh, struggle yeah. with emotional eating and, exactly. you know, you know, I, I do it too. I think everyone probably does to a certain extent. So yes. it's that thing where you really just have to be aware of it first before you can really do anything about it. Uh, but some of the things that I wanted to kind of ask you or, or talk about specifically is yeah. like, how do you become aware of the emotional eating? What are some of the steps towards breaking that cycle or that pattern and yeah just like the very first steps okay the very first step that i suggest is just becoming aware of emotions like most of us don't uh recognize the emotions that we feel during the day um and so they play out in our decisions and behaviors and, and um, you know, drives and habits and all sorts of things. But there's so many emotions we have, gobs of them, anger, fear, um, you know. Uh, so here, here's something crazy. I know this is a video, but I'll describe it. It is a stamp that has 16 emotions names of 16 emotions and so almost 20 years ago i made this stamp and it was to stamp in my journal every day because i was so unaware of my emotions that i decided every day i would go through and just stamp it and list beside it how much i felt on a zero to ten scale and the only reason i was able to do that was i was number one totally desperate to stop my emotional eating. And number two, someone was helping me. I wasn't alone. So the very first step I say is to get aware of the emotions. Yeah, would you recommend, I mean, I always say sometimes, uh, even before you, or not maybe before, but like if you're starting out a fitness journey or like a weight loss journey, I say always have a therapist as like, your ground like your foundation <laughs> yes yeah yeah exactly have a therapist or you know a coach who knows how to help a person get to their emotions yeah and what they feel sure. what would you say would you say there was a very similar parallel or you know even just a, a kind of a the same response between f- like food addiction and drug addiction like chemically within the brain how mm-hmm. does that work with food versus like drugs yeah yeah that, great question um i see yes oh my gosh i see a similarity with um the patterns of uh drug addiction and food addiction well I, okay so here's let me back up here in the DSM, 
the Diagnostic and Statistic Manual, mm -hmm. they don't say there's a food addiction. They don't have food addiction in there. But I've got to say that it is so similar that I think of it the same way I do. Um, and so there is what's going on in the brain is there is a, a craving in the emotional limbic system of the brain. And it's usually brought on by a cue. A cue might be a time of the day. It might be a commercial. It might be, uh, you know, a color. It may be, uh, you know, some of the cues that my patients have. They drive past a parking lot that they used to do drugs in, and all of a sudden they're like, ah, oh, I just want something. Well, you might see a commercial for some new food, you know, or cake or something, and, oh, you just want it. So there's a cue, and then there's a craving, and then there is the desire to to reward that thing, that craving. And when it's rewarded, there's this dopamine surge, and that happens with food, and it happens with um, substances, and it also happens with other stuff, like it happens with your iPhone and looking at Facebook, <laughs> bang dopamine, you know. Yeah. Or, oh, I just bought something online, bang, or <laughs> something like that. Or sex, bang. So these are the rewards that can, can that. so it, there's similarity with that. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that there's a lot of similar emotional pain mm -hmm. that both the people have. And some people, if they're around substances at a certain time of their life, that's where they go. And if other people are around food, that's where they go. Other people may be around something else, and that's where they go. Um, How do you, so with, with drugs and food, Yeah. I feel like the, the only difference is that you can cut drugs out of your life completely but you can't cut food out of your life completely. You can cut out certain things, but you can't cut it out completely. So like, what, how do you tell your clients or like, what do you do to like, you know, kind of offset that? Exactly. You know what? That, that totally <laughs> sucks. That makes <laughs> it, like, it brings it to the forefront because you cannot be abstinent from food. You can be abstinent from everything else, but not food. So it, it becomes, so when I'm working with a client, what we do is we begin to look at either, are there certain problem foods, types of food? Are there certain problematic times? Like, oh, when I'm driving around in my car at work, or are there certain problematic people yeah every time I get with my family I just want to eat you know three plates full and, a, and the entire cake uh, are there certain problematic um, uh, so, so it's like per people places things the same kind of like triggers that that someone with a um, addiction to a, a substance might have mm. so we start with that that's interesting 
where's the worst part? You know, looking for the worst part. And then we start to look at, um, that's where the real slowing down comes. You go, okay, every time I go over to my mother's house, I eat two whole plates of food and take home three pieces of cake and then I beat myself up. So what is going on there? I say slow it down to the tiny, tiny increment between preparing to eat and where is the tiny, tiny little decision to ignore how hungry and how full you are where is that? What's going on there? So it's a slowing down process. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you think that people who like myself, I love sweets just like you did. So right now I'm prepping for a bodybuilding show, so I can't have them. But do you think there comes to a point where someone can like get to the point with their emotional eating that they can have some of those foods that used to trigger them? Yes. Yes. Without going full, like, full binge eating, full, like, relapse? I do, actually. I do think so. And um, I think what happens, like, for me, um, I was a huge, sweet, sweet... Okay, so I would swing back and forth between just eating whatever the heck I wanted and then doing something like the Adkins mm. carb diet. Um, and swing. And at some point I was like, I cannot keep dieting. I've got to stop. I cannot diet. And I cannot imagine living without cake. I can't imagine living without cake. And so I've got to figure out a way for me to be able to eat cake with icing, white cake with white <laughs> icing, somehow the rest of my life. Because I can't diet. And so part of it was a, um, honestly, part of it was like the, the first two steps in, in the 12-step um, recovery about, boy, I need a higher power who's going to help me because I don't know what I'm doing here. And I know that I can't say no. Like as soon as there's something that I say, you can't have it, that is what becomes the forbidden fruit that I am freaking going to have. <laughs> mm -hmm. I cannot not, I, I can't have forbidden fruit in my head anywhere. And so what happened for me was I started doing exactly what I'm talking about. Every time I went to go get my cake, I would stop and ask myself, what emotion was I feeling? That's great. Loneliness yeah. was the thing that sticks out in my head one night. I am walking to the refrigerator and I'm going to write in my journal as I'm eating my cake. And it was loneliness. And there was this aha. Oh, loneliness is not solved by cake. <laughs> loneliness is an emotional need. And it is solved another way. That began this huge break for me. And so I eat sweets, but I've lost my 
uh, I've lo- they've lost the thing, the big sparkle that they used to yeah. have. It's kind of like you've stopped needing them to just kind of numb out the emotions. You've been able to deal with the underlying reason for things. So they're just kind of, they're food now. They're not, you know, giving you that that exactly. void that they're filling. Um, I think exactly. one thing that I'm curious about is that, you know, we were talking a bit about Whole30, which is, you know, how, you know, you found us and we had Melissa on here and you can't abstain from food, but you can abstain from certain foods that trigger you. Do you think there's value in abstaining for a certain amount of time until you deal with your emotional stuff first? Or do you think it's going to be more beneficial to keep in your foods um, throughout the whole process? Ooh, that is a great question. So I think at times the, um, at times, okay, so I'm, let's look at it like just plain old addiction. Let's look at it from an addiction perspective. When I have a patient with methamphetamine addiction, I am telling that person, go ahead and abstain from it. <laughs> And let's deal with the emotions. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, heroin, okay, let's abstain from it and and do, you know, buprenorphine. But let's deal with your emotions. Um, However, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, even with um, drug addiction. And so the, the idea then is keep thinking about your emotions, even if you're struggling with this. So abstaining from a food for a while, I will say if it doesn't create the big forbidden fruit phenomenon in your brain, (laughs) then I say, you know, it might help. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't know for sure. But for me, it always creates the forbidden fruit phenomenon. So I think it has that opportunity to bring uh, guilt and shame into the equation. (laughs) Exactly. But but to play devil's advocate, I feel like maybe if you do, like, introduce it and they do get emotional, then they might be able to figure out why they're getting emotional, as in if they don't have those foods, they might never know why they were going to go to those foods. Yes. They'll still... Yes. They'll still have cravings, though, right? So they'll be like, why am I craving this? Let's <laughs> That's Let's true. Listen. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I meant, like, the act of actually eating it, like, realizing, like, oh, yeah. why am I actually eating it? It might be different from, oh, I'm craving this. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, um, I think it may be different for different people. There are, I think, people who do fine with doing the doing a 30-day break from something and, you know, diminishing the cravings. Other people, it, now I, I will say this, if it is like a, a, a simple food, like now at this point, I don't have an emotional attachment to sweets, to like cake and what I will find with myself 
is if I eat cake, uh, even saying the word cake, my mouth waters. <laughs> but if I <laughs> eat a piece of cake with icing, then I will find myself wanting it the next day. And that is yeah. not an emotional craving. That is my physical, the dopamine. That's the physical part. And it's not solving an emotional problem. It's just a physical, yeah, I think that would taste good. And so sometimes I will go, you know what? I can hold off. I don't actually need that. So does that make sense? Yeah. They can have some just purely yeah. physical cravings that aren't emotional. For sure. For sure. Especially if you're like super hungry, you haven't eaten all day. And then sugar sounds amazing. So <laughs> that could be very, uh, you know, physical craving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, what's I going to say? Let's see. When it comes to, there's one other thing that I was like, uh, I'm brain farting. Let's see. <laughs> what's like the worst thing? that you could do if you're you know an emotional eater i mean in my in my perspective it would probably be to just like guilt and shame yourself for it every single time because you're just gonna you know fall into that cycle but um what is basically the best way to just (laughs) keep yourself in the in the bad cycle of things the best way to keep yourself in the bad cycle of things. I love that. Okay. So the best way to keep yourself in the bad cycle is just to go and get over it. If you say it to yourself, ah, just get over it. Just get over it. Get over the shame. Get over the guilt. Just get over it. Stop feeling it. And um, that is a way to make the shame and guilt worse um, because we we don't just get over emotions we we actually feel emotions and they are just flags for the underlying belief so if you're ignoring the emotions thinking they'll go away they don't um if you're thinking and here's what the deal is this is where i love to get really thinky and a little (laughs) on the nerdy side i love it (laughs) you have So we have a behavior and like the behavior is eating, overeating. The behavior is fueled by an emotion and we don't always know what the emotion is. The emotion is caused by a thought and the thought is the belief And that is the thing we can change. Like we can't let, you know, like, let me see, let me give you an example. Let's say you have the belief for whatever reason that it is not safe to lose weight. And that is millions of people have that thought. It's not safe to lose weight for whatever reason. It may be that you saw You know, your grandmother, when you were four, she lost weight because she had cancer and she died. And so in your head, you're going, ah, she's not safe to lose weight or someone's going to hurt you. You'll be weak or, you know, small or uh, easily attacked. 
So you've got this belief, and then it creates an emotion. And the emotion drives you. And so the worst thing, this is to answer your question, the worst thing you can do is ignore all this back stuff, to ignore all the backstory, the thought and the emotion, and just think you can control the behavior. That creates the um, monster in, in your brain that just is going to keep doing the same thing, same thing over and over again. Or trying yeah. to do it all by, all by yourself. Trying to do it all by yourself is going to create a, a big problem, too. Yeah, because it's definitely people tend to beat themselves up after and be like, why can't I just stop this? And they just... <laughs> They think that they just don't have enough willpower, and say, like, "No, there's more to that. It's way deeper." <laughs> exactly. 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 Yeah. Um, Dee, did you have any questions that you're you're thinking about right now? I don't know. I'm 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 just it, I'm taking it all in because I I I struggle with emotional eating. Well, not at this moment. But no, actually, no, that's not true. Sometimes, like, let's say uh, the other day I had a piece of candy because I forgot that to bring, like, my toast to work. So I had a piece of candy, but then I had another one. And then I had one more, and I was like, oh, man, like, I really need to stop eating this. But, like, I didn't think about when I was doing it. But then I thought about it after, and I was like, oh, like, I could have only had one. Like, it it was fine. So it's like... But I've gotten to the point now where I can normally think, like, before I eat something, and I'm aware of what I'm doing. Yeah. But this bodybuilding prep is just, it's crazy. It's almost over, but mm. <laughs> it makes me crazy. Well, right there, that right there, you, you start, um, uh, yes, the cycle is we start freaking out and start, oh, my gosh, don't do that. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. And we start reacting super negatively to ourselves. So mm-hmm. I, you know, that just makes me think. The very first place that I like to start is with complete radical self-acceptance and non-judgment. Mm-hmm. Radical. Yes. You ate yes. 15 pieces of chocolate candy. That's all right. <laughs> Oh, well. Yep. Yeah. Yes, totally. People are human. I always tell people. Human. Totally. Yeah. I always try to tell people to, like, just approach, or, you know, to approach themselves and the situation with compassion and curiosity of just being like, okay, why did I do that? I mean. Exactly. Let me think. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. Okay, so I would love to, I think I I mentioned the three things that could help with the three little interventions to help with the emotional eating. Would you like to hear some of those? Yeah, yes. Okay. So so the first thing is, um, well, I talked about getting, becoming aware of what your emotions are because once you become aware of it what's interesting is when you begin to name an emotion 
that shoots off dopamine in your head. Hmm. That is a reward in itself. And so this is wacky, but what I found with myself was my emotional eating stopped when I began naming my emotions and that gave me more dopamine than eating. Yeah. So that became a reinforcing thing for me to every morning to journal out what my emotions were. So that's one thing. A second way to handle it is a mindfulness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. In like if you were to just allow yourself, you know, 5, 10, 15 minutes to just sit and feel, let the whatever the feeling is, the desire for the food, the craving, the whatever, you feel it in all of its misery, and it's miserable, but you feel it in all of its misery, and you let it just pass through you. It's like um, urge surfing. They do it with, you know, you can do that even with trying to quit smoking or craving anything. You just go ahead and feel the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the third thing, and this is the one that is wacky. Have you all heard of tapping? Yes. Have you ever tried it? I think it? so. No, personally, I have not, but I have heard of it. <laughs> okay. Can I, do we have time for me to show you one? Or for just sure. Say, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. What what this is is it's based on the meridian, the meridian system, um, the Chinese meridians, the acupressure points, and you tap on acupressure points as you are feeling whatever the feeling is, and so like for an example, let, uh, let's just you know an example would be. Um, let's say I ate um, three three pieces, three white cupcakes with white icing. <laughs> I always go with white cupcakes with white <laughs> icing. But let's say I did that last night. Um, I would tap, and I and I just felt terrible about it. I would tap on the side of my hand and go, even though I feel so angry at myself for eating three cupcakes with three white icings last night. Right now, I deeply and completely accept myself and how I feel. Mm. And you would repeat that three times, even though I ate three freaking cupcakes with three white icing, and it, it makes me so angry. And I feel it in my stomach. Like you mentioned where you feel it in your body, you mentioned the emotion, you mentioned what you did. And then you follow that thing with, I deeply and completely accept myself and all of my feelings. Do that three times, and then you tap through these meridians, saying the thing, I'm so angry at myself. I'm so angry at myself. I'm so angry at myself. I'm so angry at myself, as you're tapping through the meridian points. I'm so angry at myself. I'm so angry at myself. Okay. Have you ever seen that done before? No. Okay. I've seen
seen it, not done it. <laughs> if y'all wanted to wanted me to lead you through one, I would be happy to. If someone has a feeling they want to, or if you want to do it later, contact me. But okay. what this does um, is the feeling gets felt and this self-acceptance statement gets experienced. And that right there is the immediate shift from shame and guilt to self-acceptance. I would cool. do that as soon as you feel that um, self-judgment. I would say, you know, even though I ate 10 pieces of chocolate candy, I'm a human. And I accept myself, you know? So that's EFT yeah. tapping. And um, it's so miraculous. I got certified in it. And that is what I do with my coaching clients. Along with the seven. Cool. It's very yeah. different. Which is yeah. cool. Oh, yeah. It is... Wacky. It's outside the box. <laughs> and sometimes you, you have to think outside the box, especially with like, because everyone is different. Not everything is going to work for every person. Exactly. Exactly. And I, you know, I can't see you because my internet, but it's <laughs> relaxing at least. So I'm kind of like, I can see how that can be helpful because it just makes you just stop and just and like feel. Yeah. Yeah. It is so relaxing. Um, do you do you guys know what cortisol is? Yes. Yes. Yeah, the stress hormone cortisol. Mm -hmm. So they they've done a couple of studies where they had groups of people tapping, and they checked their cortisol levels before the tapping for an hour and after the tapping. And um, one study, I think it dropped. 25, 30, 40 percent. It was like a really substantial drop um, in stress hormone level. Um, it's something you can do when you're anxious about. I know that y'all had a, po a podcast on um, gym, you know, anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that is even something you can do if you're anxious. You could, you know, sit in your car and go, I am so anxious about going in the gym. Who am I? I can't pick up all that crap. People are going to look at me, whatever the feeling is. Yeah. People are going to look at me and go, you don't even belong here. What? Who, who are you? But right now, I totally accept myself. And you just tap until the thing just washes over you. And you have an aha. Oh, y'all, I'm talking too much. I could talk for No, hours. you're good. <laughs> no, I was just thinking how... I wish we could do like a video at some point so we could have it like a visual for people because I think it would be very helpful. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, we. I would be happy to do that or maybe I just need to get one up on my YouTube channel. That's what I need to do really for yeah. people. Yeah. Could, yeah. That would be awesome. I could yes. like link people to it. <laughs> yeah. I will do it. Sweet. <laughs> do you uh, have any tips do you have any um like last minute tips for someone who might be like 
first starting off, like on their like weight loss slash fitness slash mindfulness journey? Uh, um, oh, that's good. A tip. Let me think. I think the tip would be the tip is you're unique in a lot of ways, but you aren't totally and thoroughly alone. So you may struggle with some of these emotional eating things, and they may be different from other people, but down inside, they're also actually totally similar to everybody else. Like we all struggle with fear. We all struggle with needing to be safety, safe, needing safety. Um, and we all have to figure out what our emotions feel like at some point in our lives. And if it doesn't happen when you're a kid, like most of us, it doesn't happen when we're a kid because our parents didn't know how to do it either, then you still can learn your emotions and they don't have to run the show. Hmm. Sure. That's a yeah, great tip. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I like it. I think there was also one thing that I wanted to kind of uh, emphasize or just put out there is that emotional eating isn't just strictly about or like it's not only for people who have weight issues. Like even oh, yeah, no. you know exactly nor, like yeah people like everyone has emotional eating issues. And would you say that even on the other end of the spectrum, when it goes to things like anorexia, that it was, it's basically almost kind of, it, it's like the symptoms look different outwardly, but it's still along the same lines, or would you say I'm way off there? <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. I, yeah, it's emotional. It's emotional. Yep. Because food is so, I mean, we're always having emotions and we're always having to eat. And we have to eat around people who we have very difficult emotions with. You know? It's true. So it's just all kind of, it's not easy. But it doesn't yeah. have to to run the show. That's that's the thing. Yeah, I think people misunderstand. Like, with me, it's, it's like, I, you know, didn't ever have, like a huge weight problem but that doesn't mean that I've never struggled with emotional mm -hmm. eating like it's very much so been an issue for me and it's something that I that I have gone through as well but that probably wouldn't be anyone's like first assumption but like I, I've been there I know the struggle uh it's yeah. not something that always shows outwardly I guess yeah exactly exactly yeah I think that is all the questions that I yeah. can think of. Uh, Dee, did, did you have any other last thoughts? Where can we, where can um, our listeners find, find, find you? Okay, they can find me at, I have an End Emotional Eating Facebook group that they can okay. jump in. Um, awesome. And I've got a website, www.drlesliecole.com. So it's like drlesliecole.com. And th so they can find articles I've written there, um, testimonials from people, or they can book a call with me from that 
website. Awesome. Cool. Perfect. Yeah. We appreciate awesome. you being on here. Oh, I loved yeah. it. Thank you, Cody and <laughs> Dee. I enjoyed it. And good Thank luck you with your so podcast. Much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Y'all are doing great work. Oh, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs>